0: And the title of the message is, is like, what pleases God? So if God is real, right, if God is real, if he is real and he created us, then it's probably pretty important that we understand, like, what actually pleases God? Like, what what would please God uh, in our lives. And so I want to start out by telling a, a story. I, I read this story, and um, there's about a, it's about a guy who lived in France. And uh, there's this, uh, I guess there's mushroom farming that goes on in France. I don't know anything about that. But apparently, with these mushroom farms, what they do is they, they dig deep into the earth, right? And then they set up these mushroom farms because they grow better in that type of environment. And so this guy, this guy who lived in France, he, he went to an abandoned mushroom farm. And as he started to enter into like this shaft, he, you know, he's up at this farm, he's by himself, and then he actually goes into this mushroom sh- uh, farm that's abandoned, and he actually gets lost. And so I don't know if you guys realize this, but there's people sitting next to you. Some of you are like, you know, if you're recognizing what's going on, and uh, your your brain is kind of mapping out, you're making a cognitive map right now of, who's around you, where you are in space and everything else. Maybe you're making a map of like, that's the girl or the guy I would like to talk to after this at the ice cream social. Um, You're building a map right now. And so your brain is doing that. And what it relies on, like your hippocampus, all that, what it relies on is it relies on sensory input. And so what happens is, is when you start to lose some of those senses, is that you start to like lose that cognitive map. So this man who lived in France, he went into this mushroom farm, and what happened is is he actually got lost, and he spent 34 days, all right? He spent 34 days just lost inside of this mushroom shaft. The only way that he was able to survive was by eating um, wood. He would uh, suck water off of, like, the walls uh, uh, in the farm. And so obviously a bad situation, but to survive for 34 days. The crazy part is that when rescuers found him, is that he was only 600 feet from the opening. 600 feet. That's not very far at all. He was only 600 feet from the opening. But what happened is because he lost where he was, because he was in the darkness, right, he had no idea where he was at. And I think that uh, spiritually there's a lot we can take away from that as it darkness, as we, as we start to engage in what would be darkness or what is against God's will, as we start to lose a little bit of that spiritual map. We start to lose life the way that it's been designed to be lived. And so in the book of Ephesians, the first three chapters, we talked about this last week, are really um, Paul who's writing to the church in Ephesus. He's laying out, hey, here are the benefits of being a believer. These are the benefits of being a believer. Like he's, he's laying it out for us. This is what the benefits of a relationship with God are. And then in chapters 4, 5, and 6, what he's starting to do is he's saying, hey, since you are a believer, here is how you should walk. So now, like if you're a believer, this is how you should walk. This is what your life is should begin to look like. And so in Ephesians chapter 5, uh, we're going to be in the first half of Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians 5 is very um, notable for its passages on the roles of husbands and wife uh, in, in a marriage relationship. But before that, in Ephesians 5, off the top, and we're talking about like how do you walk, how do you live as a believer, what Paul is saying here is he's saying there's some things that you need to avoid. And he's not just saying it to someone who's a believer, he's saying it to anybody. Hey, if you're exploring what God looks like, if you're following after God, like wherever you're at, there's some things that you need to avoid. And so he says, hey, you need to avoid sexual immorality. What in the world is sexual immorality? Well, sexual immorality is anything, any sexual act or thought that is against the will of God. And so that's important to note because it's not only like what is going on outwardly, in terms of like our sexual interactions, but also the thoughts that are going on inside of our head. He's saying, hey, you need to not engage in any type of sexual act or thought that is outside the design that God has. He also says you need to avoid impurity. You need to, like, this is uncleanliness. This would be motives that are against the will of God. And so when he say will of God, really what we're talking about is he's saying, hey, you need to like live within the commands of God. Cleanliness is like within the commands of God. Uncleanliness would be outside of that. He challenges this group of, of people. He says, also, you need to put away greed. And we know if greed is like financially speaking. But what's greed? Greed is selfish desires and selfish motives. And what Paul is saying is, hey, like, you've got to put that away. And he takes it a step further. And it, it kind of like as you're reading in Ephesians 5, you might be like, why did he mention that? But he says, hey, you need to put off like court, You need to put off foolish talk. You don't need to be engaging in, in, in coarse joking and foul language and foolish talk. Like, you need to put those things away. And why is that? Because here's what, I, here's what I know, right, is that oftentimes, what, and not even oftentimes, but all the time, the words of our mouth are what? They're really a f- reflection of what's going on inside of our heart. It's really you know, I mean think of Matthew 633 that uh, you know out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. And that's what Paul's saying here is that the words that you say, not just like, hey, don't cuss, you know, like hey don't 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 say that word, but also like how is like your tone in what you're saying? How is it that you're speaking to people? Are you somebody that's building people up, or are you somebody that's tearing people down? And I, I heard this quote lately, and I've been thinking about this a lot, is that uh, it's a lot easier to tear down a barn than it is to build one. Okay? It's a lot easier to tear down a barn than it is to build one. And so as I think about that, I'm like, that's counterquote. Like, our culture, we love to tear stuff down. But if we have language that is God-honoring, we're looking for ways of how we can add value and build up the people around us. But Paul's giving these warnings. He's like, sexual immorality, stay away from it. Uh, Impurity, uh, get get away from it. Foolish talk, stay away. Greed, stay away. And then he says, like, hey, he kind of gives us this key. In verses 6 through 14, he says, this is how. If you want to live a life that pleases God, this is how you do it. And I want to tell you that in your young adulthood, in your 20s, in your 30s, in college, in your job, this is the time right now, like, Don't you want to start living a life? If God is like the one who is the author and creator of your life, don't you want to start living a life that honors him now? Like I I, I want to desire that because my life is better when I lean into the things of God. And so Ephesians 5, uh, 6 through 14, it starts off like this. It says, don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. For the anger of God will fall on all who disobey him. Don't participate in the things these people do. For once you were full of darkness, but now you have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For the light within you produces only what is good, right, and true. Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. And so in verse 10, he kind of like sandwiches really what pleases God. It's like, here's what pleases God. Carefully determine what that is. And then he kind of breaks it down again in the following verses. So we're going to hop back up to verse 6, and it's like, This is how he's kind of giving the answer before it happens. But the first thing he says is don't be fooled by those who try to excuse these sins. And I think of this story, right, of this of this uh, Frenchman entering into this mind. I think that if we like when he was first going in, when he was first going into that darkness, it didn't feel that dangerous to him. But 34 days later, it felt very dangerous. And I think that's what Satan wants for your life is that, hey, that sin's not that big of a deal. Or, like, you can dabble in that. That's against, like, the will of God, and you feel wrong about it, and it's like, it's not not a huge deal. And and that's what the world does, too, is they try and tell us that things are that are against the will of God are actually okay, and it's like, hey, just take a step into that. And next thing you know, you're totally in the midst of complete and total darkness. And this comparison and contrasting that Paul gives here, in Ephesians chapter 2, he says you're either spiritually dead or you're spiritually alive. It's by grace you have been saved through faith. They're like this is a gift. We are either in spiritual death or we're in spiritual life because of what uh, God because of what Jesus did for us on the cross. And so we it's it's very similar. It's like we're either walking in darkness or we're walking in the light. And what does he say here? It he says, For once they were full of darkness, but now we have light from the Lord. So live as people of the light. For this light within you produces only what is good and right and true. So, the light produces what is good and right and true in your lives. That's what it produces. And so, the first key to pleasing God is like living as someone, living as a person of the light, living as people of the light. Well, how do we do that? How do we produce what is good, right, and true in our lives? How on earth do we have that? Well, here's the deal is the the awesome thing is we don't have to wonder what truth is. Is that truth is God's word. And so if we're basing our life around the truth of God's word, we will then by like as a byproduct of that, we will produce what is good, right, and true in our lives by following the commands of God. The second thing is this, is he says, hey, like when when you became a believer, like you had this light inside of you. Do you know that like when you... Like when you enter into a relationship with Christ, like you're a new creation. The old has passed away, like the new has come. You're a new creation whenever you have a relationship with Jesus. And I don't know if you've ever noticed this. Has anyone ever been like, you felt like a a spiritually dark situation? You've been around someone and and, and maybe you've never even had the words or the verbiage to say it, but something was going on that just felt wrong. It didn't feel right. And it felt heavy. Maybe it kind of makes you sick to your stomach. Maybe you don't like to think about those thoughts of that season or what you've experienced. Maybe you had something done to you that was dark and that was heavy. And and that's the comparison and contrast. Like There there is a spiritual darkness that exists, but there's also something to be said when you see someone who's a believer. And you're like, what's different about that person? Y'all ever met someone that you're like, that's the kind of person I want to be like. Like you meet someone, and you're like, there's something about them, like just the way that they, their relationship with God, there's something that I want in that. You know what happens is that when you're a believer, okay, not only are you saved from your sin, but also you get the helper that is the Holy Spirit for the rest of your life. That in this life, then you have a counselor and a guide and a helper. And we talked about this a little bit last week, but Jesus actually told his disciples, Hey, it's actually going to be better for you when I leave, okay? This is the Son of God. He said to his disciples, it's actually going to be better for you when I go because you're going to have the Helper in the Holy Spirit. He's going to come, and he's going to reside in each and every single one of you who believe in me. And so how do you live in a light? How do you produce what is good, right, and true in your life? Well, it's by following the truth, following the commands of God, and then also walking by the Spirit in your lives, by leaning into the Holy Spirit. That we receive as believers. And so that's the first key, like what pleases God, is that we've got to be people of the light. And then after verse 10, where he says, carefully determine what pleases the Lord. He says, "No, take no part in the worthless deeds and evil darkness. Expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that the ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be shown, will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. That is why I said, "Awake, O sleeper! Rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light." I love that last verse. Uh, it, you know, uh, biblical scholars think that this was like a psalm or a song that uh, believers in the early church sang. That is like, "Awake, O sleeper! Rise up from the dead, and Christ will give you light." So, the second thing that we do, though, as believers to live a life, or as people who want to please God. The second key is that we've got to stay out of darkness. Paul kind of lines out those things. He's like, these are things you need to avoid. We've got to stay out of that darkness. We can't like willfully just tolerate it. We've actually got like, we can't just walk with it. And not only that, but we have to expose it. What does it mean to like expose darkness? There's really two ways that you can expose darkness around you. The first is by living a holy life. By living a holy life. By living a life, and what that means is like not that you think you're better than other people, but honestly it should, should yield humility in your life, but a holy life is one that is focused on pursuing the commands of God. That as you live like that, naturally the light of your life will begin to expose the darkness that is around you. It will expose spiritual darkness. And you know that like if you, if you do have a relationship with Jesus, do you know how many people need to see your light? Like the light that you have in your life. Do you know how many people are hurting and in darkness? They're trapped in that, that mushroom farm, abandoned, searching for a way out. And you have an answer to the darkness that they're stuck in because you have the light of Christ. That's why as believers it's important that we pursue holiness in our lives. And the second way we expose it is by we speak the word of God. We speak the truth. And we live in a generation, like, it's cancel culture, it's uh, all those different things, and uh, I don't know about you, but sometimes I find myself, like, a little bit, I'm, like, the type of person who acts like, I don't care about conflict until it starts, and then I'm like, ooh, I don't, I don't like this, let's, let's, like, please, let's, like, please everybody, let's smooth this over. But, like, we can't be afraid, and I don't want to say be divisive, because we're not looking to be divisive, but sometimes the word of God is going to naturally divide us from some, what the world is teaching. And we can't be afraid of that. We can't back down from that. That's the way we expose it is by continuing to preach the word of God and by continuing to live that out in our lives. And so if we want to live a life that pleases God, we're to be people of the light, and we're not supposed to just walk in darkness. And so I, I would ask this question, you know, with this group of people here, I would ask like, Uh, You know, is there areas of your life that like, I was praying this this morning as I was getting prepared. I was like, God, will you reveal to me like, is there corners of my soul that have darkness in them that maybe I've just tolerated and you need to shine a light on that and show me? That's why I pray to God. And then maybe some of you, you've never even, you've been walking around in darkness and maybe you felt like something was missing. Maybe you felt like, um, you know, I see other people and see something that they have in their life and I want that, but I don't know what it is. Can I tell you that what that is, is they've said yes to following Jesus. And, and that's, it, it's, it's a really simple thing, right? Receiving Christ is a really simple thing. It's admitting that you're a sinful person. It's admitting that, like, hey, I've done evil things in my life. I've done things that are wrong. And it's saying, I have a sin debt that I cannot pay on my own, and I need someone to pay that for me. And Jesus, I need you to do that for me. Everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved. So all it says is, like, all that takes is you need to say yes to making Jesus the Lord of your life. That means that, like, you're, you're like, conceding your own control of your life, and you're saying, I'm not going to be in control of this anymore. I'm going to let God be control of that. I'm going to follow his leading. And so I wonder if, there, if that's you tonight, like would you say yes to following Jesus and step out of the darkness and into the light? And I love Hebrews 4.13. 4, and uh, Hebrews 4.12 is a really popular passage of scripture. And it talks about how the word of God is living and active. It's sharper than any two-edged sword. It pierces to the division of both soul and spirit, joints and marrow, and it discerns the thoughts and intentions of the heart. But after that, in verse 13, it says this, it says, and no creature is hidden from his sight. No creature is hidden from God's sight, but all are naked and exposed to the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. That every single one of us is going to stand before God one day and have to answer for all the things that we've done. Like, it's easy to convince ourselves, like, this is a secret thing. This doesn't affect anybody else. No one else knows about it. But God knows about all those different things in our lives. He knows what's going on. And so, like, to kind of wrap this up, really, what I want you to think about is, number one, have you ever said yes to following Jesus? Have you ever, have you ever like recognized your own spiritual deadness and decided, I I need help, I need I need God to do something in my life that I cannot do on my own, and I would challenge you if you've never said yes to following Jesus, man, will you come talk to us at Next Steps afterwards? I'll be around. Um, we've got all kinds of leaders. We can we can get you plugged in with. If you go to Next Steps, we would love to just talk you through what it looks like to have a relationship with Jesus. And the second thing I would do is ask you if you're like. Already saying, I'm a follower of Jesus. Would you take some time tonight, tomorrow, this week, and ask God, like, will you search my heart? And will you show me areas that maybe, like, I've allowed some darkness to creep in and I need to take that more serious? Let's pray. God, um, I'm thankful that we can gather um, and and that we've been able to this summer, Lord. And uh, you've allowed us to continue to do that. My prayer, God, is that. If there's someone here who doesn't know you, if there's someone here who's never put their trust in you, I pray that tonight they would do that, that they would say yes to following you, that they would have the courage to afterwards have a conversation, that they would have the courage to go over the next steps and and to just ask for some help and seeing what that looks like in their life. God, And I pray for every person in here that you would just uh, help us to pursue you in your words and what you have for us, God. It's in your name we pray. Amen. Well, guys, I just want to say thanks one more time for, for coming out tonight. We've got uh, all kinds of stuff in the back. we got chocolate syrup, strawberry syrup, all different things you could want to make an awesome ice cream sundae. Uh, and so, yeah, we just want to invite you guys back there and uh, hang out as long as you like. Thanks for coming, guys.